Hi, I'm Bonnie, and while David's away this week, I'm stepping in to present The Leader, Coronavirus Daily. If you're a new listener, welcome. We hope you enjoy today's selection of news and interviews. And if you do, then please subscribe and leave a review if you've got a moment. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader, Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm Bonnie Christian. The shops are open again, and did everyone go to Primark? People are getting a bit hot, a little bit of aggression, a bit of pushing and shoving, but there was security there, and I think a lot of people were quite respectful of, of social distancing rules. The evening standards Lizzie Edmonds did, for professional reasons, of course. We ask if anyone there observed the social distancing rules, and... I think a DJ set themselves up uh, in the middle of a park, and you had effectively uh, almost a, a dance event. Hackney Mayor Philip Glanville as London's parks substitute for pubs during the lockdown and councils have to deal with the mess. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader, Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, retail is reopening, but what will shopping post-lockdown look like? Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. As restrictions ease, London's new normal is starting to become clear. Non-essential retailers have opened up after almost three months of painful inactivity. Our editorial column looks at how shops need to innovate to prosper beyond the pandemic. The reopening of many shops today has brought a welcome rush of enthusiasm and with it appeals for people to return to the high street and spend for the good of the economy. However, the challenge remains immense. High street shops were already facing a difficult future because of online competition. This crisis has accelerated that trend and the need for shopping to reinvent itself. Fortunately, many are already thinking ahead with ideas to widen pavements, to make areas more appealing to shoppers and suggestions to introduce rents based on percentages of turnovers. At the same time, ministers must reduce the two-metre social distancing requirement so cafes and restaurants can be viable. And if they are serious, allowing shops to open properly on Sundays. Action on all fronts is essential. And early doors, eager shoppers turned up in the hundreds, bright and early this morning as shutters lifted. Uh, I think pretty excited to get some shopping done. It's been so long. Yeah, I'm very excited. It feels like very buzzing. But despite no activity being seen there for months, 
things look a little different to how we left it. The Office for National Statistics shows that months of lockdown have cost non-food shops a frightening £1.7 billion a week. To entice people back, businesses have to make sure they're COVID secure and many are keen to show the extra precautions they're taking, from deep cleaning stores to making customers detour to a hand sanitising station before browsing. I'm joined by the Evening Standard's Lizzie Edmonds. Lizzie, what did it look like at the shops today? Primark was one of the first, if not the first, on Oxford Street to open this morning at eight and it was quite quiet. I mean, there was a couple of hundred people queued outside but late morning getting on for lunchtime it was certainly getting a bit busier there was a good 400 people waiting outside Nighttown um you know people uh, getting a bit um hot a little bit of aggression there a bit of pushing and shoving but there was security there and I think a lot of people were quite respectful of, of social distancing rules. Oxford Street's been quiet for months now did things feel at all like they were back to normal? Yeah it was it was quite positive to be honest um lots of people especially because of today the mandatory face covering rule coming in on the public transport most people now walking up and down were wearing some form of face covering a lot of gloves um, a lot of uh, people with hand sanitizer as well Um, so normal but the new normal that we're getting uh, we're getting more and more used to and what exactly were shoppers looking for what could they possibly want first thing on a Monday morning (laughs) Um, I think quite a few people just wanted that feeling of shopping again Um, but the main things being sold in uh, in Primark were um, things like summer dresses but also homeware which I thought was quite amusing I suppose people have been sat at home looking at their uh, the same pillows and the same glasses and the same dishes for three months so perhaps wanted something a bit different John Lewis told me today because they opened their Kingston store that um, egg cups, uh, china sets and buttons, as in clothing buttons, were among the top sellers, as were face coverings. So quite twee over at John Lewis. And once they got in, how do things look like inside? What what guidelines have shops put in place? As soon as you enter Primark, you are asked to sanitise your hands and there are staff throughout the store directing you which way. So there's a kind of almost like a one-way system, which a lot of people will be used to from supermarkets and, and smaller um, essential shops. There are coverings uh, by the tills, which again, we'd probably be familiar with now um, through our through our weekly kind of food and essential shopping. A lot of people I spoke to seemed fairly happy that this was enough. Coverings were worn by a lot of people so I think also um, I think people will I wouldn't be surprised if we see that the mandatory face covering on public transport comes into play in shops as well. And did you get a sense of how the staff were feeling on their first day back in two, three months? The staff in Primark were very happy to be back, to be honest. Um, A couple of them who were standing on the doors, which obviously is a, a new thing, really. I don't think they often have people standing outside or letting people in, you know, a few at a time or whatever. I think that's quite new in most stores. We just seem very happy to be to be back and to be working and you know, seeing seeing people in the flesh again. Do you think this is what people can expect shopping to look like for the foreseeable future? Unless, you know, there's significant dips in infection rates and um, and deaths, I think this will be the new normal. I can't see um, I can't see how you wouldn't need to have these social distancing measures, um, perhaps even until a, a vaccine is, is there and, and we know that everyone is safe because it makes no sense for retailers to endanger their customers um, and so as long as the guidance is there from the from the government then this will sh- this shall remain I would have thought. 
next. Because there was a greater risk of a kind of public urination than there was around any, any spread of COVID-19. Hackney's Mayor Philip Glanville, how London's lockdown transformed the city's social scene and parks became the new pubs. London's parks have become a central meeting place for life in lockdown. In March, they transformed into outdoor gyms as people looked for somewhere to get their one hour of government-mandated exercise each day. But as restrictions eased and the sun came out, in the city's outdoor spaces, there's barely been a lockdown at all. And with the new festival vibes have come a string of problems for local councils trying to keep up with the housekeeping. Hackney's Mayor Philip Glanville joins me now. Philip, how have the scenes in parks changed compared with last summer? I think what's, what's changed is the, the quantum of people. We've been really pleased as a borough to have kept all our parks open throughout the different phases uh, of lockdown. And that was primarily to obviously provide places for people to exercise around social distancing at the start. And I think what has happened since is we've seen a steady reopening of the local economy, including uh, premises that are selling alcohol, but also um, food and nowhere because premises aren't allowed to have a bit, anybody um, on them, nowhere for that economy to kind of eat and drink. So our nighttime economy and where you've got the densest population and the densest quantum of licensed premises, you're seeing some of the scenes that we saw over the weekend in London Fields, but that has also happened on previous hot weekends uh, a couple of weeks ago. So the real challenge for us is preserving those spaces for everyone when now they're being used as effectively uh, an adjunct to what was a, obviously a very vibrant nighttime economy in the borough. So um, when you say the scenes that were at London Fields over the weekend, can you just describe what that looked like? I think a DJ set themselves up uh, in the middle of the park and you had effectively uh, almost a, a dance event, a, an event where people were dancing to the music, drinking till well after, um, uh, you know, the park, the park can't close because it's common land. So you know, some of our parks are obviously lockable, but this, this is a park that is, is open 24 uh, seven and people were staying as if it was sort of a back to a field day or wireless type festival. And I think if you live nearby, really challenging. If you want to just walk your dog or take your kids to the park, uh, really challenging. Uh, and, and scenes that the park is not designed to cope with uh, and I don't think scenes that local residents should have to put up with. And obviously um, public toilets and litter have sort of been the reoccurring uh, issues. What is Hackney doing to address this? In London Fields anyway, there is a summer uh, litter and uh, rubbish plan. We've activated that about a month earlier, so that is extra big bins. They're now in place across Hackney Parks, not just London Fields, so Clissold, Hackney Downs now have that in place. There's also an enhanced level of, of cleansing and litter collections, but we're seeing tons and tons more waste than we would normally see at this point um, last year. Uh, we reopened our toilets. I think we're one of the few London boroughs to have our parks toilets open. Um, and that's something we decided to do uh, on balance because there was a greater risk of the kind of public urination than there was around any, any spread of COVID-19. Um, we've got enhanced cleaning in place there. So we've rolled out 
Uh, I think 80 new bigger bins across the borough reopened our toilets. The toilets are being cleaned six times a day. All of that is coming at considerable expense. And while we've also done in, in, enhanced the enforcement with the police and our enforcement team, over 300 FPNs uh, issued in the last couple of weeks. So fixed penalty notices for public urination and antisocial behaviour, um, even with the toilets open. That, that most of those FPMs were issued after the toilets were open. And I think people have been saying, well, why don't you put even more resource into managing that? So even more bins, temporary urinals and all of those things. That comes at a cost to the local taxpayer at a time when we face a £71 million shortfall in our funding this year. And it is enabling activities that are having a really disproportionate impact in terms of uh, noise, littering and urination. So we may be able to make a marginal impact by adding more, more, more bins. But actually, that is not what a park is for, to be a open festival for all of the summer months, while appreciating absolutely that people are sort of frustrated with lockdown. But that is not what the park is designed there to do. And all of us have to recognise that we're in exceptional times and we might not all be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want. Do you think that the government should be stepping in at all? I think the government has sent really unhelpful signals about the reopening of the economy. And we know that some of the licensed premises would like to be able to open their toilets to um, the, the users uh, of those licensed premises, so part users essentially. The current advice allows people to do almost unlimited off-site sales of alcohol and food that doesn't allow them to open their toilets because of COVID risk. Now that is having an impact in Hackney, but it's having an impact much more broadly than that. And I think the government has to reflect on whether it's right to keep on opening parts of the economy and putting that more into the public realm. So big queues you've seen today with the reopening of shops, all of those queues are now interacting in the public realm uh, all over Britain. And, and they don't self-regulate necessarily, and they're causing real disquiet for people that need to use our streets to get about and get essential supplies still. And while the shielding regulations may have changed, a huge number of people are incredibly nervous still about being outside, and I just understand that. And my message to all park users in Hackney has been, our park service have been out there since the start of this crisis, um, working outside, keeping those parks open and clean. And it doesn't take much to use them with respect. And that's the leader, Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. The podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.